friends. Welcome to the Creative Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Caldwell, and I'm so happy you're here. Each episode, I take some time to chat with fellow artists about life, faith, and the impact of the arts. I was in one of the most difficult and terrible seasons of my life ever. And in the middle, it was in the middle of that season that the Lord told me that I was to start (laughs) Beautiful Feet. And I thought, I I said, Lord, you know, don't you see my life? Like, it's a disaster. (laughs) Like, this is not the time to start a Christian ministry. (laughs) And he was like, what? Didn't you say you wanted it to be a studio for my glory? And I was like, well, yeah. (laughs) And he's like, okay, well, I'm the one that's going to be glorified here because everyone knows that (laughs) you're like flat out on the ground and you're not capable in your own strength of doing anything, Mm. but just barely surviving right now. But through me and through my strength and power, you're going to do great things. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 38. It's hard to believe we're already in March, but it's going to be an awesome month of conversations. I'm so excited to share today's conversation with the lovely Colette Allspaw for episode 38. Colette is the owner of Beautiful Feet Studio of Dance and the Arts, which offers a variety of performing and visual arts classes, all in a faith-based environment. She's also the founder of the nonprofit Handpicked Inc., which serves in bringing good through the arts to the financially disadvantaged, orphaned, and physically restricted, including hospitalized seniors and child survivors rescued from human trafficking, both locally and around the world. Colette's passion for leadership, teaching, and the arts began at a young age. During high school, God planted the dream in her heart for what is now Beautiful Feet Studio of Dance and the Arts. With that vision in mind, she went on to study business administration at Baylor University. Colette shares how she gained valuable leadership experience through her work in management with Walmart and Chick-fil-A, where she discovered key principles for leadership development. We chat about God's faithfulness in the journey, bringing the vision of beautiful feet to pass. Colette shares how the studio has continued to grow and how God is working in this current season, even in the midst of the pandemic. I love Colette's heart for stewarding the gifts we've been given by God as we keep our eyes fixed on Him. Through both the studio and the nonprofit, you can see how God's power is at work, bringing life change through the arts. Get ready to be inspired and enjoy my conversation with Colette Allspaw. Hi, Colette. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be with you. Yeah, so cool. It's really fun to actually get to chat and get to know you better because I feel like I've known of you for a long time and we've kind of like (laughs) had these little moments of interaction here and there, but I've never really gotten to have a whole conversation. So I'm super excited about this. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Amen. I'm excited too. Yeah. So speaking of Jackie Stauffer, who is also, she was actually a guest on the podcast just a bit ago. Mm -hmm. She mentioned you and she's like, you guys are like kindred spirits. You need to meet Colette. (laughs) So love that. And just the connections through like Adam and a lot Mm -hmm. of just shared circles and friends. So absolutely several. So cool. And Jackie is such a sweetheart. And I really someone who I look up to so much and who is a trailblazer kind of in the arts and service. Not that service is an industry necessarily like serving people in difficult situations, but industry is not the right word, but demographic, I guess. (laughs) I really look up to her a lot. Me too. Yeah. She's been a huge kind of like a mentor figure, I think for, for both of us, which is so cool. And just seeing her heart for using the arts as, like you said, like a ministry and a service to people. Mm -hmm. So super cool. But yeah, I would love to hear if you want to share just a little bit about yourself and what you're up to right now. And then we'll go a little bit deeper. Well, I was born and raised here in the Richmond area and um, love my hometown so much. And I feel so honored to be able to serve my town now through my business and nonprofit. I have a little sister. Her name is Christina. She's six years younger than me. And then lots of lots of cousins who live close by, All of most of them within like an hour of here. Oh, and most cool. of them still to this day as well. Yeah, even yeah. as adults. So that's pretty awesome. Mommy and daddy, my mom, my parents' house flooded back in Harvey. So they now live kind of west of Austin area. Okay. So, but they're both doing really well and actually recently started a ministry of their own, which I can really? share about later. Yeah. Yes. And I'm married. 
we will be celebrating 11 years of marriage in April. And that's super cool. Thank you. <laughs> Over a decade. Woo-hoo. Yeah, that's right. We passed the, the big 10. We, we celebrated, it was because it was like, you know, during the middle of COVID. So we celebrated our 10 year anniversary with takeout Mexican food on the living room floor. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's yeah. perfect. You got to do what you got to do, right? Not too eventful, but yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, that's great. So we have three pups and a bird named Cinnamon and um, no children of our own yet. And whether or not that will ever happen, I don't know. But when I was a freshman in college, the Lord kind of spoke to me about that in particular and just told me to really focus on investing in spiritual children and that I would have lots of them. And he definitely has kept his promise on that. So I'm delightfully living my dream and having lots of spiritual children through that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So what I spend the majority of my time and energy and focus in life doing is one primary thing that sort of expresses itself in different ways. But ever since I was 15 years old, the Lord put a dream in my heart to have a studio for his glory. And I don't know if I should like dive too much deep into that. Right. Because we'll definitely get into it. Regarding that. Yeah. But It's called Beautiful Feet Studio of Dance and the Arts, and we started four and a half years ago, and also I started a nonprofit as well called Handpicked Inc., and it is sort of a sister organization solely focused on the outreach portion of what we do. The business is um, a ministry in all areas, and we offer like dance classes and music classes and painting classes, and we recently added a karate program. Fun! Yes, and in addition to all the stuff that we do in-house, it's ministry to our members, the member families and the staff, we go out into the community and serve a lot of different demographics. And so Handpicked was created to undergird the specifically the arts outreach portion of what we do. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah, totally. It's kind of nice to have that umbrella of support. Yeah. For all the outreach things. Yeah. Super cool. So how did you first get into the arts? I mean, it sounds like you have a lot of variety and like interests as well. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Where did that first begin? I had a great parents who really gave me a lot of opportunities as much as they possibly could to experience a lot of different art forms at a very young age. One story that I really love, my mom would always say that when I think I was probably like three or four years old, I was very, very young. She put me in a little beauty pageant and <laughs> and it was called Starlight Baby or something like that. Aww. And um, she said that I didn't care about winning at all. All I cared about was walking around and telling all the other kids what to do. <laughs> like how like how they could do their very best and make sure uh-huh. you smile and make sure you wave. Like I was always Aww. telling them what to do. So I love that story because I feel like even though that's not particularly arts related, I mean, I guess it is kind of in a performing arts sort of way, but it's very much like reveals my personality. You know, ever yes. since I was really little, I always loved leading others and guiding others into, you know, whatever is God's best for their life and whatever is God's best in general. So uh-huh. um, I love that. But besides that, they provided me opportunities to study music. So I took piano for six years. Oh, cool. I t- took some art lessons, like um, drawing and painting classes. I went to small private schools most of my life up until high school, so had a lot of great opportunities through that. And then when I was seven, that's when I started taking studio dance classes, and that was the one that really like stuck out to me the most and sort of grabbed my heart. Um, I think I connected with it the most of all the arts just because I felt like I could express myself the most fully through dance. Mm, yes, and yeah. I'm a very highly expressive person, <laughs> so I liked that. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, so I started that when I was seven and just kind of kept that up my whole life and then ended up doing some teaching. And of course, when I was 15, that's when God planted that seed, that vision of beautiful feet. And then just spent about 15 years planning and praying and asking God for the timing of that. And then finally, four and a half years ago, he opened the doors and it began. (laughs) So incredible. I remember that season, actually. I I think that was when Jackie was kind of introducing me, or maybe it was even a little bit before that, when you were kind of in the the planning and prepping and getting it ready to open stage. So, so cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. It's cool to hear just, you know, where people really, where the seed is planted for that, you know, the visions and then also just like how people are created to already be drawn to things by God. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really cool. Absolutely. So how would you say your faith has impacted your journey in the arts? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So honestly, I feel like the word impact doesn't even begin to like scratch the surface to describe how my faith, you know, I feel like it's more like consume. Mm, I love (laughs) that. Yes. My faith consumes my life in every aspect and my life in the arts and in leadership. Yeah. Really, there's nothing I can do or do do (laughs) that is apart from my faith and my walk with the Lord and um, just a little bit of history in that sense in my faith life. Yeah. Um, I was raised Catholic as a kid. And so when I was 15, I met my first non-Catholic Christian friends gotcha. in high school. Yes. And we were a part of FCA, which is Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Mm-hmm. And there was a very influential man named Scott Kahn. He was the father of some girls that I went to high school with. And he was the like adult, he was, he was youth pastor as well, but he was also the adult sponsor for FCA. Okay. So him and his family really, really impacted my life. And his daughter, Chelsea actually was the one who she was talking with me one day about the gospel and like sharing the gospel. And I remember looking at her that day going, because like, you know, the story within the mm-hmm. Catholic faith, it doesn't, it's not expressed like that so much because the gospel is more like of this big, 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 long story with lots of details. And mm-hmm. within the Protestant faith, it's more like simplified kind of like, yeah, that like I can share with you. Package, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, well, what, I was like, well, what exactly do you mean when you say share the gospel? Like, what do you mean by that? And she told me, and I just remember that day, a light bulb went off for me of just like the simplicity of what Christ did for us was so big and heavy, but he did that. And so for us, it's so simple Mm. and we can just, we can choose to trust him and we can choose to lay our burdens and our sins on him. And we can choose to tell other people about him too. And Mm -hmm. for me that day, something clicked and I was like, okay, this is my whole like purpose in life. I can share this with people, you know, like it's so simple. And, and I love this. And I just knew that day as a 15 year old kid, my whole life was to be about getting this information and this spirit also to people so that they could live a life of, of freedom and joy as well and peace. And so it just made it like simple for me, I guess. Yeah. So that was also the year that God planted the dream of beautiful feet. I was thinking that because you said enough. 15. Yeah. 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 So I was a sophomore at Foster High School. And yeah, so God just really very quickly after that started shaping my walk with him and I just started reading the Bible, just like consuming it, you know, Uh and, you know, telling others about what I would read. And then God put this little vision in my heart. And over time, you know, it kind of expanded and changed as I grew older and as he revealed more to me of what he actually wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the whole, the whole deal has been consumed by him. And honestly, I didn't know what, I didn't know that dance ministry was like a thing when I was young because Uh in the Catholic world, it's not a thing. Mm-hmm. You like, you sit down and you kneel down and you stand up sometimes and that's it. There's no like even lifting of the hands or anything like that. And so right. to really express yourself fully in worship through your body like that was a very kind of foreign concept, but I figured out a way <laughs> to link the two by using, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to use a worship song. Right. And my first ever dance, a uh, little solo that I did was I can only imagine. Oh, classic. Yes. <laughs> it's like the song that has lived it is. on. So long, which is great, but <laughs> that's so cool. Yep, it, it's a classic. And then I found out years later that was my husband's first song that he had performed um, on the piano. My husband's a pianist, oh, a really great wow. pianist. That's a yeah, cool so, connection there. Isn't yeah. that funny? Uh-huh. <laughs> So I started with that and then I just kind of kept going. I ended up writing like a piece of poetry that lit what I laid over music and performed that my senior year and just kind of was like figuring out, okay, like how can I make sure that whatever I'm doing, even in my dance life, like that I'm doing this for the Lord. But then later, that's when I found out like, oh, this is a thing. (laughs) People, there are lots of people out there that do this. This is amazing. So started like finding that community. Mm -hmm. And then of course, meeting my second cousin, uh, Randy, I didn't know, really know him for most of my life. And then the Lord did a really cool, miraculous thing to introduce us. And so it was so neat to see how, because, you know, he's meeting someone who's your brother or sister in Christ and having that spirit connection with them is one thing, but when there's also a blood connection and and then you didn't even like, you weren't walking that journey with them. And then you realize like all these similarities and it's almost like genetic or something. I don't don't know, but I'm like, okay, this is really, really cool. And I felt so blessed by getting to meet him finally and, and seeing how God was using him and seeing how 
and just I know he's he's an incredible public speaker and an incredible writer and I love speaking and I love writing as well you know in addition to teaching dance and all those things and leadership so just felt just a very interesting heart you know connection that I felt like that was so special so yeah God has just sort of taken my whole life and just each day it's expressed and whatever the best that I can, you know, to worship him and glorify him and align myself and my organizations with his word to bring him glory. Yeah, that's so beautifully said. And do you mind sharing how you figured out that y'all were related? Yeah. Just out of curiosity. <laughs> yep, yep. It's so funny. So I was going to this little yoga class or what I thought was a yoga class at a local gym. And the lady that normally was there that I really liked, she wasn't there that day, but it was some young man named Dan. And I'm like, okay, well, and he was teaching oh, yeah. a, <laughs> you know, Dan, and he was teaching Is it Dan, uh, Cosette. Mm-hmm. Is that a, or, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. how you I couldn't, it. I couldn't remember his last name, but that, that rings a bell. So I think, yeah. so. um, anyway, so he was there like a sub to teaching a Pilates class. So I was like, eh, I guess I'll stick around. <laughs> so I did. I took the class. And then at the end, he passed out these little flyers. And it was for the show that was called We've Been Moved, I think was the name of it. Oh, yeah. And I remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so cool. now you were in Audam, right? Yes. Well, I was in Audam too. And it was, let's see, when, when was were it? you in that It was like show? 2012 to 2014 Okay. And I was around, I don't remember if I was, I probably was in that show, or at least it was right around that time when I was still like connected in for sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. He he passed out this little flyer and I looked at it and I thought to myself, oh yeah. Cause like before Beautiful Feet, I was a manager for, well, I managed for Walmart for three years and then for Chick-fil-A for six. And so um, those two things have absolutely nothing to do with dance or art (laughs) in any way whatsoever. So it was like a really fun, refreshing thing for me to get this little dance, you know, modern dance show flyer. And I'm thinking, heck, yeah, I want to go to this thing. So I look at it, mm-hmm. and then I felt like the the Lord said. And I didn't know anything. Like, to me, in the flyer, there was nothing that said, like, this is about God. Like, I wasn't catching any yeah. of those things. And so I, but the Lord spoke to me. He was like, tell this young man the dream I put on your heart. He wanted me to tell him about beautiful feet. So I was like, okay. So I walked up to him after class, and I was, I just started telling him, you know, this is what God has put on my heart, whatever. And then he was like, okay, cool. Well, hopefully we'll see you there. And we, let, we went on our way. And then the Lord told me before that night, like a few days before of the show, he said, I'm going to introduce you to someone who will be one of the most influential people in your life. And wow. I was like, oh, that sounds pretty, <laughs> pretty interesting, pretty cool. And I can't yeah. wait to figure out who this person is going to be, you know? So I tell my husband, I'm like, okay, we got to, we got to go to this show, right? The Lord's, you know, really speaking to me about how important it is that we go. And so we get there, like just in the nick of time, they're like literally shutting the gate of the parking and they're like shutting the doors. We walk in the door, like we just barely scraped by wow. and we go and yeah. sit down and uh, Randy stands up to speak. And right as he stood up, the Holy Spirit said, that's the person. And I was mm. like, okay, cool. Still, I don't know who he is. <laughs> so <laughs> during, so I, the, the show starts, I'm like weeping. I'm, it's so, you know, so, so yeah. moving. And oh yeah. So I forgot this part. So Dan was like, oh, I asked him, I said, are you by chance a Christian? And he was, and this is like, I don't know him from Adam, you know? And he's yeah. like, yeah. He goes, did you pick up on the, the Christian, like, the subtle undertones in the flyer. And I looked at it again. I like flipped it over. I was like, no. no. He goes, well, you know, um, he's like, you know, oh, damn. And I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> he's like, right. it's, Latin, it's Latin for unto God. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't speak Latin. And then he was like, and you know, we've been moved, like, like moved by the spirit. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. But no, I didn't get that. <laughs> so anyway, so, so during intermission, I go up to Randy and, and I introduce myself and I start telling him, you know, also about my dream that God's put on my heart. So I just basically was like, you know, maybe we'll partner someday and, and work together and do something. And he was like, yeah, that'd be really cool. And I'm like, okay, great. So I just like turn and I'm thinking like, praise God, you know, we made a, got to meet this a person connection. that I wanted me to meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I turn and walk away and he goes, Hey, he goes, where did you say you're husband's gym was called again. And I said, Iron Cross Gymnastics. And he goes, Oh, yeah, I, I know of that gym. And I'm thinking, why in the world would this really awesome 
Christian dance guru guy, man of God, <laughs> and he in like Houston travels around the world. Why would he know about my husband's gym in Little Richmond, Texas? And he goes, yeah. "Oh, I have a lot of family that lives out there in that area." And I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." And now I'm thinking, I wonder if I know anybody in his family. Yeah, because <laughs> you've grown up in the area too. So. Exactly. I'm like, surely I know someone. And then he basically says, he says the name Noto, which is my grandpa on my mom's side, my grandpa's last name. Oh, and wow. he goes, you know, he's like, my cousin used to be the fire chief. My uncle was a fire chief. It's like Stephen Noto. He was a fire chief for like over 20 years of Richmond. And yeah. I looked at him and I was like, he, he goes, Stephen Noto is my first cousin. I go, well, Stephen Noto is my uncle. And I looked at him. He looked at me. He goes, you're Colette. And I go, you're Randy. And it was like, <laughs> they always looked at him and were like, he goes, we're cousins. <laughs> and so he like gave me this big hug and, and he pointed to the dancers that were right next to me. He goes, this is my cousin. <laughs> so That's hilarious. I, I could, I was just in shock. I couldn't believe it. So I walked back to my husband. I was like, babe, you're not going to believe this. Cause he always says like crazy things like this only happened to you. Colette. I'm like, no, they happen to everybody. <laughs> but anyways, I sit down I'm like, okay, I'm like, you know how the Lord told me I was going to meet this person. He goes, yeah. I'm like, well, not only did I get to meet him, but he's my blood relative. <laughs> that is so cool. Such a God moment and like connection Wild. there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so cool. Thanks for sharing that. That was a really cool story. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Love it. And I think I kind of knew there was like a connection there, but I couldn't remember how that happened. So, mm-hmm. so neat. I love it. Yeah. And I love just thinking about like your story and how God's directed your steps Like you were talking kind of briefly about, you know, working for Chick-fil-A or working, you said Walmart was the other one. Yeah. Kind of cool. Just that he was kind of preparing like the business side of, I would imagine a lot of what you like skills you still use today with your studio. You're 100% right about that. So when I was at, I went to Baylor University and studied business actually. Oh, okay, and cool. when I when I was a freshman, I wasn't sure what I should study. Like I knew what God wanted me to do, but I sort of like somehow there was a disconnect for me mm-hmm. my freshman year of like what to study and what God wanted me to do. My mom was like, "You should be a, a physical therapist," and I was like, "Okay, pre med." Like I don't know what yeah. that. Was. Anyways, so but I was worshiping through dance in my little like four by four dorm room one day. And I just fell to the floor and I was just on, I was just lying on the floor and the Holy Spirit just reminded me in that moment. He was like, this is what I want you to do. And I took it to mean to worship him through dance and to teach others to do the same. Mm -hmm. So that was just like a super like simplified, like quick little nugget from the Holy Spirit in my freshman dorm room. So immediately I was like, okay, I'm back on track. (laughs) This is what I need to do. What do I study? And at the time, I don't think that Baylor University had a dance program or a dance major at the time. I think maybe there was a minor, but not a major. So I was like, okay, I don't know exactly what to study. And I looked into the business program and chose management as my major and absolutely loved it. Like as soon as I started my business classes, I felt like, okay, yeah, this is my niche. This comes naturally to me. Mm -hmm. I feel like this stuff makes sense to me. Like, this is not like my chemistry class. Lord, Uh help me. (laughs) That was a joke of all jokes. (laughs) So anyway, loved it. Loved the business school. So I also coinciding worked for um, Aramark, which is the company who ran Baylor Dining Services. Okay. So interestingly enough, I had never heard of Chick-fil-A before really? I went to college. I know, kind of weird, huh? Yeah, wow. Uh, like who's never heard of Chick-fil-A? <laughs> There was a Chick-fil-A on campus and I applied as a sophomore to get a job there. And so I got a little part-time job and I would go there after my classes and work. And within like a couple of months of doing that, they approached me and they said, would you be willing to be the supervisor of this whole food court? Basically, it was like Chick-fil-A and a few other restaurants. So I said, well, yeah, if you think you'd like me to. (laughs) And so I did and they trained me and it was going great. And then within another half year, they approached me again and they said, would you consider being the staffing manager for the entire Baylor dining services. So like eight different dining halls and then multiple different uh, food courts and different places like that. So I was like, well, if you'd like me to, (laughs) I guess so. Like if you think I can do this, cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I got the privilege while I was studying business and I, I could take what I was learning from the textbooks and learning from my classes and I could apply it immediately in my my job at school because I was in a supervisor role. That's huge. So I did that for oh so huge. Yeah. So I did that for three years 
And then from there, I got a job offer to move back home and mm-hmm. work as a manager, a salaried manager for Walmart. Oh, okay. And that was a very, very challenging experience, mm-hmm. partly because Walmart is just a really big company. And when companies are really big like that, they're just kind of structured a little differently. And they, I think they have to be. Mm-hmm. And also like the culture of specific teams of people I was working with was really hard. And also I was young. So I like kind of thought I knew stuff. Right. And I, I, looking yeah. back, I'm like, oh, I could have read Proverbs more. Uh-huh. <laughs> I totally feel that. I've been there. <laughs> yeah. So did that for three years. It was really challenging. And then uh, left and went to Chick-fil-A, which I was a huge blessing in my life. I was there for six years working for the same man, Court Graves. And he and his wife, oh. Carrie, are just awesome people and really mentored me a lot. And that was where I received most of my just hands-on equipping for the business world um, was from them and in that organization. And Chick-fil-A obviously, you know, is known for so many wonderful godly things and just has a a program developed that is very clear. And I was actually training manager for one of the portions of time that I was there. And so got to just engage in what does it look like to to plan out this strategic way of developing people Mm, and also developing leaders. And so I ended up being the director of operations for his two stores. And so I was able to lead a team of about 50 people in leadership and another 150 of um, just hourly employees. And it was an incredible experience for me for sure. That is so incredible for sure. And there's something really incredible about leadership development, I think in general. Mm -hmm. And that's one reason I love teaching as well. And especially I I work with high school students and yeah, that's probably my favorite part of the job is more of the like mentorship and like leadership development aspect of it. Even though I Mm -hmm. love the dance side too, but yeah, yeah, that's just a special thing to be a part of. And then also to be able to get that specific training you know, and get the training, but then also give the training, which is like a whole nother level of growth when you are the one teaching it it or helping develop other people. Yeah. Yeah. So It's, It's so fulfilling. I love it. Yeah, for sure. So what was kind of the next phase? So you said you're working at Chick-fil-A and then how did you kind of transition into starting Beautiful Feet? Yeah. Well, on a personal level, I was in one of the most difficult and terrible seasons of my life ever. Mm, yeah. And in the middle, it was in the middle of that season that the Lord told me that I was to start <laughs> Beautiful Feet. Oh, wow. And I thought, I, I said, Lord, you know, don't you see my life? Like, it's a disaster. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this is not the time to start a Christian ministry. <laughs> and he was like, what? Didn't you say you wanted it to be a studio for my glory? And I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, it's gonna, I'm the one that's going to be glorified here because everyone knows that <laughs> you're like flat out on the ground and you're not capable in your own strength of doing anything, mm-hmm. but just barely surviving right now. Yeah. But through me and through my strength and power, you're going to do great things. So the practical way that God, that God kind of made that happen and opened the door was I had been, so what, so I had sort of, I had been promoted to the highest level within the organization of the stores. Okay. And the only thing beyond that, as far as like a promotion, which wasn't obviously necessary, but just, it is what it is, mm-hmm. uh, would be to like own my own Chick-fil-A. Gotcha. So okay. I had filled out the application for ownership of a Chick-fil-A. And it's really interesting. And this was, it was kind of scary and a blessing all at the same time. There are anywhere from 26 to 45,000 applicants per year for Chick-fil-A franchises in the United States, which is the only country they're in. And I was a part of that pool of applicants and I got narrowed down to the last 250 people Mm -hmm. in the nation. And (laughs) I thought, um, this is getting a little bit <laughs> too close for comfort. Right. Like this head, might like, actually happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I thought I was supposed to do this other thing, but made it down to the very, very last. And basically they had said, um, if I was willing to move to another place in the nation that it would have worked out, but because I was only applying for the Houston area that I was eliminated. So gotcha. I was like, okay, even though that would have been a huge blessing and awesome. I also was very excited because like, okay, I really you know, I think I can step out in what has called me to. So kind of in conjunction with that, my pastor's wife at the time from Church of Living Waters, Pastor Camila came to me and she asked me if I would start. Okay. And I forgot to say, I had already been teaching dance classes for like as an 
a, just a free ministry mm-hmm. in the evenings on Wednesdays okay. at this church for several years now. So she came to me and said, would I be willing to start an after school program, like an actual business at their school? Oh, okay. Because they have an affiliated Christian school. And I was like, you would let me do that? <laughs> and she said, yeah. Aww. So I asked my boss about it. I was like, you know, of course I wanted to get his blessing. And I had kind of transitioned out of that leadership role and had just gone down to part-time hours and had trained my replacement and their replacements and all the replacements. And so I was like, you know, could I have your blessing to step out and kind of start this, this dream of mine? And I told him about it in my first interview, you know, six years before. And so he knew about it Yeah, and he was like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. You know, we'll, we'll talk, keep communicating with me as you go and as it grows and and we'll see, you know, where things go. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay. And so I started that. And so it just started off as an after school program. And then also the local uh, library, I would use space like one of their rooms there. And I started, I just did like one Facebook post and got, you know, people started signing up and that was where it started. And then one semester into it, um, I approached another local private school that I also had several connections with and they said, yes, we'd love it. And so I started a program there and then I had about 40 regular weekly clients. And I thought, I think I did the math and I was like, I think if I can find just the right type of space and the right size, mm-hmm. I think I could make this thing work like as a full-time yeah. thing. Uh, but I just, it has, it has to be the right space. Cause I didn't want to take out like a big business loan and all that risk and everything. I just wanted to gradually organically grow. Like I had mm-hmm. for the past year before that. Yeah. So I prayed five specific prayers for a space and all of the prayers were answered in the space that we're actually currently in now and that God just recently expanded. We reopened, we opened our expansion space in November of this last year in the middle of the pandemic. Wow. (laughs) So, so was able to to step out in faith as as an after school program and then see God just really bless it and just be faithful and be a careful steward of each bit of growth, you know, and keep reinvesting, reinvesting, reinvesting. And then gradually I was able to you know, get the little space and, and grow from there. Yeah. So as you've seen beautiful feet studio kind of like grow and develop, what have been some of kind of like the challenges and highlights of the process? Oh my goodness. Every day is a challenge and every day is a highlight. Yeah. (laughs) That's so true. A lot of times it's the same, one and the same. (laughs) And sometimes it's the same exact thing. Uh You're right. 100%. So for me personally, I think primarily being patient is a challenge because the Lord will give me a vision for something in the future or like what the next step is or like what's like four or five steps down the road mm-hmm. because I guess I don't know why he entrusts me with that information but I'm like I guess you trust me yeah that's great think that's so cool. it. So I'm like okay that's good that's that's like really far down the road but good to know and I just you know write it down and draw pictures when necessary and mm-hmm. you know move on and just be faithful and wherever we are right now but he'll give me these these visions for the future and I'll feel very antsy about like getting there. And and then I'll start judging myself too. I'll start worrying like, Oh God, maybe I missed it. Or mm-hmm. maybe, maybe I was disobedient or maybe he wanted me to take action here and I didn't. And I just like lost an opportunity or whatever. So I start worrying and I start getting really critical on myself, but I just, I've seen God be faithful every step of the way. And even though sometimes things take longer than I expect them to take or like happen or come about differently in different ways than I thought, He's been faithful every step of the way to do what he has said. And even the like long-term vision stuff, uh, I see him already just like bringing in the people. And, and, and to me, what's like blows my mind so much is when I meet someone and I share these visions and it could just be, you know, it could be the vision for beautiful feet, for handpicked, for like long-term down the road, whatever it is, I'll share the vision and to see someone get on board so much with that vision that they just want to like, they'll give, they'll give their whole life for Mm, it. Like my very first artistic partner, Jennifer, she, she literally told me from day one, she was like, Colette, I would, I would work for you for free for as long as I need to, to make your dream come to life. (laughs) And I was like, wow, just the fact that she would even say that, you know, Mm -hmm. and then Christy, Christy Taylor. So we barely knew each other and she was going to come on the team as an artistic partner. Okay. And we had breakfast one day and this is after I've been in the same room with her. Like you could count on one hand at this point in time. And at the end of our breakfast, she was like, okay, so I have something I want to share with you about uh, something God, I feel like God's telling me for beautiful feet. And I'm like, oh, great. What is it? And she told me that the Lord was guiding her to take a 40 day prayer journey 
through a mountain range (laughs) as a prayer journey and fundraiser for handpicked prayer journey for both organizations, but fundraiser for the nonprofit. Wow. And I was just sitting there thinking, because obviously Beautiful Feet Studio, the name and the mission statement, Bringing Good Through the Arts, comes from that scripture. And Isaiah, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. So I was just thinking, wow, Lord, not only just the fact that she thought that she should do that (laughs) and was willing to do that. So cool. Blew my my mind a little bit. Uh At the time, just we hardly knew each other. But also the fact that what she would be doing was actually manifesting in the physical realm, the, the whole foundation of what beautiful feet is and where the name comes from and where the mission comes from, like that scripture, she was becoming a visual representation of that. And I was just like, only God, (laughs) (laughs) only God. And there's been so many things like that over the years, but I'm so grateful for her and her sacrifice and, yeah. and she did it. She was faithful and she did it. And yeah. she ended up being in that mountain range by herself for like 40, I think it ended up being like 45 or 43 days or something like that. Yeah. yeah. That's so incredible. <laughs> I love that. And yeah. that makes me think, did handpick start at the same time as beautiful feet or did that develop a little bit into it? That's a great question. So practically handpicked was only a little bit behind beautiful feet. And it's so funny how it came about because people like, when I would tell people about beautiful feet, they'd be like, Oh, and they'd want to make a donation. And oh, I yeah. kept, they would like want to give cause they like what we're doing. Cause what we're doing is more than just teaching right. dance and arts classes. It's a ministry mm-hmm. and we're just disciple, we're discipling families. And so people want to give money. And I didn't, I just never would feel right about taking their money. Cause I'm like, it's my business, so I'm not going to take your money. You yeah. know? But then I realized with all the things that we do in the community and that we're wanting to do even more so, you have to have financial backing to do those things. So I would just tell these people, like, okay, if you want to make a donation, I'm just going to create a nonprofit. And then these people who want to donate will know that 100% of the money that they're giving is going to be going to these outreach portions of, mm, of what we do. Right. So. Yeah. So we That's so it kind of just birthed it burst out of noticing people's desire to give financially and just their generosity and mm-hmm. wanting to do it. <laughs> Which yeah. seems like kind of throughout the whole thing, whether it's with the business aspect of it or the nonprofit aspect, just seeing kind of the wisdom in the small steps and like small growth and letting it happen organically. Mm. I think that's so cool and really beautiful because then you see there is the need or the demand or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, that you need to sustain. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and business experts will, will say that they'll be like, you know, put something, put something out there or offer something little for free and see if there's even a demand for it. See if people even want what you have to Mm -hmm. offer. And then when you find that they do, then you can take it to that next level and, and feel comfortable to make that investment. Right, right, exactly. And do you want to share a little bit more about Handpicked and some of the specific type of outreach things that you guys do? I would love that. Um, Okay, so Handpicked. Our overall kind of mission statement for Handpicked is to bring good through the arts to the financially disadvantaged, the orphaned, and the physically restricted, including hospitalized seniors and girls uh, or children rescued from human trafficking that are in healing centers. Yeah. So that's a lot of words (laughs) and it is a lot of activity as well. So starting with kind of the financially disadvantaged demographic, we partner with a lot of different nonprofits in the local community that already serve that demographic of people because why invent the wheel? Right. Just help like coming in support. Mm-hmm, exactly. We don't have the resources or the space to to reinvent the wheel, but we can go, we can physically go to these places and bring art supplies or whatever it may be, or a speaker for a dance class or whatever, yeah. and, and offer these services for free to these children. Also scholarships to children who are in foster care and whose families just absolutely would in no other way be able to enroll mm-hmm. their children in arts education of any kind. Right. And then for the orphaned part of it, kids who are in foster care going and, and serving those children both locally and internationally as well. Mm-hmm. We've just sponsored some artistic partners who have giant hearts and who've wanted to go to other nations and serve where there's devastating poverty and mm-hmm. large numbers of, of orphans. And then the physically restricted part, every single year, with the exception of this last one, which devastates me because, you know, with COVID, nursing homes and hospitals can't, they won't even let the families in right. to visit them. So they're certainly not going to let a whole dance studio <laughs> in the door. But every year leading up to that, before COVID, 
we would take our kids into the nursing homes and hospitals and do our performances there. And we would call it like a winter bringing good series. Oh, yeah. And last, the last year we, we'd grown so much that we actually had to have eight different shows just to fit the number of people in the building. Wow. So yeah, we were able to go to eight different nursing homes and hospitals in the Fort Bend County area. And it was such a blessing and so beautiful to see. And we take the musicians to play and sing and the dancers will dance. And mm-hmm. we even do like painting workshops where each resident has a kiddo next to them. And that kiddo is designated to, you know, of course, talk to them, but also like go get them more paint if they Aww. need it and just serve them, you know? Yeah. It's so sweet. Like a little assistant. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. It's one of my most, that, that particular type of outreach is one of my most favorites. That sounds like so much fun. <laughs> yes. So we do that in the wintertime, the elder. And then finally, um, Children Rescued from Human Trafficking, there's a great organization called Freedom Place. And we just go there and painting, typically I have found has been the most effective way of the girls being able to open up with themselves even. Uh, We tried, we did some dance a little bit. We did some theater a little bit. But both of those arts are very like put yourself out there kind of yeah, art. Pretty vulnerable. Mm-hmm, pretty vulnerable. <laughs> so if you if you have something like painting where you can like sit down in a chair and feel a little bit more safe and surrounded, and then um, just have a blank canvas or paper or whatever it is, and can pour out and process thoughts and emotions there on that canvas. I've found that that has been really effective. So we just plan all types of different projects, and I always go in with a scripture or two or more as sort of a, a platform and plan some type of like uh, visualization or processing springboard to sort of get the girl's hearts prepared. And then once we do that, we'll operate out of what they've processed into the art project. So every single project they create is something really meaningful yeah. and has those memories of, of that, of that processing so that they can take it back, you know, to their rooms and, and have it to, as a memory as well mm. to help them keep remembering truth. Right. That connection and the visual reminders of those truths. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. that so much. Thanks for sharing more about <laughs> just the heart behind it and what you guys do. And I'm so excited that people are going to get to hear this and hopefully connect into, you know, the vision and the heart behind beautiful feet and also behind handpicked and, you know, come alongside to continue, mm. you know, furthering God, the mission. Yeah. So, so cool. So cool. Thank you. Yeah. Sort of shifting gears a little bit. I would love to hear kind of your thoughts from sort of the teacher mentor perspective and even like leadership perspective. You know, what have been some of your most rewarding moments in teaching or mentorship that you can remember? Yeah. Yeah. I love teaching. I used to line up, my mom said that I would line up all my little stuffed animals in my little textures Mm -hmm. and my Barbies and kind of just line them up. And she said, I would talk to them in the same, I would do Miss Christie's voice. Miss Christie was my kindergarten teacher. (laughs) And so ever since that very first teacher figure in my life, my kindergarten teacher, I was sold, you Uh know, I just, I just knew like that was what getting to see her in action, I think spoke to my soul and let me knew that was what I was made for. Mm -hmm. And um, so I got to work practicing at the age of five (laughs) on my Barbies and, and stuffed animals and took it from there. But I, I would, okay. So besides being a big sister, I was also the first of seven cousins on my mom's side. Okay. And I always like kind of joke around and say, I was a really big, very bossy. <laughs> like I would always boss them around and tell them what they had to do uh-huh. and they had to listen. Cause I was the biggest one, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, on a very, but like, seriously though, I started what we called the cousin club and Ooh, we, I gave nice. like each cousin had a different role. And I even found some years ago, I found, um, the, little folders mm-hmm. that we had made and I had typed up like minute notes or something like that. And oh, I gave nice. them to the, the cousin who was the secretary. She had to write down what we talked about in the meeting. We even had fundraisers. So it was like this multifaceted organization within my wow. cousins. <laughs> that is, that's next level. Our cousin group, I was second oldest, my sister's oldest. And, yeah. and we definitely had a lot of fun. Like we did a lot of plays and, you know, yes. dance performances and all sorts of like Absolutely. home videos, but I don't know that we ever created mm-hmm. an organization. So that's just like next level for sure. I, I love that. And so dancing shows, acting shows, even videos that all rings a, a bell very much to me. Uh-huh. And we even mon- we monetized it. So we would charge the parents like 10 cents, you know, for a love ticket it. and then We'd also charge them 10 cents for a bag of popcorn that they bought. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, I guess they're learning skills. We could probably pay them 10 cents. (laughs) 
<laughs> yep. So, so funny. So anyways, I got off track. What was your, oh, leadership and teaching. Oh, yes. So yeah. So I just, even as a kid, I just sort of would grab onto any opportunities to teach and lead that I, that I could, cause it just sort of felt like what I was made for. I felt natural. Mm-hmm. And then in teaching the kids, like in teaching dance, I love it. I, I just, it brings me so much joy. It makes me feel like nothing else makes me feel like when I finish, um, cause I still teach quite a lot. Actually. Okay. I have a team of about, I think 10, 10 or 11 artistic partners now. So I have a lot of help, but I still teach like three days a week nice. for a good number of hours in the afternoon. And I just, I love it so much. The kids are so beautiful and so, so innocent and pure and mm-hmm. their sweet minds and the way that their minds work, especially the little ones. Like I never thought, cause I didn't have a whole lot of experience with the younger, like the preschool age, three and four. Mm-hmm. But now that I do, they are my favorite by oh, really? far. Like, the, yes, the little things that they say and the way they pronounce my name, Miss Colette. <laughs> Isn't yes. that so cute? That's so Ms. precious. Colette. I know it's the cutest thing in the world. One, one time a little girl recently, she goes, Miss Colette, do you have the Kawona? <laughs> oh, so sweet. And, no, sweetie, I don't. <laughs> she goes, why are you wearing your mask? I don't have the Kawona. <laughs> I was like, see, that's a long, that's a long conversation. So right. Exactly. Say to be safe. Okay. That's so precious though. And like, I know. yeah, the way that they're processing and trying to make yeah. sense of, I mean, I can even imagine yeah. growing up as a little, you know, a little kid right now. And you're kind of like, this is sort of normal life. Yeah. I don't know. Strange, but I know I can't, I can't even imagine what those, <laughs> what children are, are experiencing right now. But anyways, so I don't know what else to do besides teaching just that I love it. Yeah. And that anytime I face like to me, the word, like the word challenge, like a challenge to me in the te- in the realm of teaching is like this exciting opportunity. Mm. Sometimes when I face challenges in other areas of my life, I get a little like, oh, I don't know if I I can do this or I doubt myself. But when it comes to challenges with students or with teaching, I just get like kind of excited because I'm like, okay, I take full ownership of my role here. Mm -hmm. And because just because this kid is not getting this concept, it just means I need to teach it differently. I need to figure out some you know, creative way to introduce this idea or to even to meet this kid where they are, like to get their attention emotionally. And it's, it's a journey, you know, like Mm -hmm. every week is one more step in the right direction. But I love, I love those, those opportunities. And then as far as mentorship, I've found over the years, especially as we grow and we have some kids now that have been with us for several years and some kids are now teenagers. And I've had so many that will come to me and ask, Miss Colette, you know, could I work here or could I be your assistant or could I help you with this or that? Or can I clean or can I do this? Like mm-hmm. the kids just will come to me and they'll ask. And I'm just like, well, yeah, that would be amazing. You know, yeah. that's, that's that really that fruitfulness of seeing these kids, you know, be raised up within the environment and they, they already know the culture. They already know, you know, what's expected of this is how we treat people. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a matter of just really building them up within the curriculum and, and teaching them then like, this is how you be a teacher. This is how you be a leader. Right. And this is how you serve people. And this is how all the things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So getting to teach is a huge a huge valuable blessing in my life. But I, I'd say even more than that is getting to be a mentor to those young people who have expressed interest in being a part of the organization in a deeper, more leadership way. Right. And also my staff, I just, I call them my inner circle because they truly are mm-hmm. like my staff and my husband, like those are the people who I really live out life with and walk life with. And when you're serving a community of people, the people who are beside you, you know, linking arms every day, just charging ahead, like those, those are your people. And so to just constantly be asking the Lord to, to give me vision and give me guidance Mm -hmm. on how to, to interact with everyone and to cast that vision for what he wants from the organization and from us as a team. I just take that role and responsibility very seriously. And I, I really try to, to make sure that everything that I say and do is in alignment with his word and honors people and mm-hmm. helps them be built up and equips them and empowers them to be the best version of themselves and yeah. to just like 
be a part of that refining process and all of that. Right, right. So good. And thinking forwards, I know the pandemic has been just so strange overall, and we're all like <laughs> learning new skills and figuring it out. Yeah. Um, I know it's probably been a very different year and looked different for you, but kind of looking forward, right. do you have vision for this next step in, in the journey? Yeah. So the pandemic has been definitely very weird. And I have another just really special God story, God testimony for what he did in the beginning. So I will never forget the date. I think it was March 16th. It was a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. That was when the government shut down my business. And I never, as a business owner in the United States of America, you don't think that that will ever happen, Right, but it did. And so the level of caught off guard, the level of fury, the level of confusion, the level of like a lot of different emotions in there, mm-hmm. um, I can't even begin to describe. But I will say God is so faithful. And that week right before, it was so interesting because I remember I came in this office and I got out my Bible and I opened it to Psalm 91. And I just sat down with the Lord for a good like four or five hours. And I said, I'm not going to leave this room until I have an answer from you, I need to understand something like, how is this going to go down? Because they're saying it's, there's something crazy is happening in the world. And they're saying it's this pandemic and they're saying that stuff's going to be different. But at this, at this point, nothing had been shut down yet. It gotcha. was just like, Oh, something on happened. the horizon. You know, like, yeah. Where you started seeing it in the news and like, yeah, people are getting sick. Yeah. We didn't know yet what was coming but we just knew it was something intense. (laughs) Right. So I just sat down with the Lord and and with his word and I just read it over and over and over. And I asked him to reveal his secrets, you know, the Mm -hmm. secrets through his spirit of what does this really say? And Lord, what are your promises? Like sometimes we see promises in scripture and then we don't, and we see something around us and we're like, our brains can't line those two things up. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, Lord, I know I'm going to be seeing people dying. And I know I'm going to be seeing people sick. And I know I'm going to be seeing things I never expected to see. And then I'm going to be confused that the Lord, this is what your word says. You know, right. like I was just wrestling, you know, with him. And from that time with the Lord, I, he gave me this picture of me teaching a dance class. And I had like little children in the room with me, but then I had an iPad off to the side. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, is that, is that what you want me to do? And he was like, yes. <laughs> so I said, okay. Yeah. So I literally from that, like he showed me that picture and within minutes I was like Googling, okay, what platforms could I use? Yeah. Whatever to offer in the weird random case, someone didn't want to come to the studio for some <laughs> reason. I could not comprehend yeah. like, when would why, that that would, <laughs> why that would be, but uh-huh. I'm like, in case, there's like one or two people, you know, this is what, this is my brain. Yeah. I'm like, in case there's like one or two people, maybe the Lord wants me to have like this backup, this option to give a little extra support to these families or whatever. Right. So then a couple, so here comes Monday, right? So we open the studio and I offer, I sent out an email to everybody like, Hey, look, you can come in person or you can do online, whatever you feel comfortable with. And, you know, of course we knew we had no idea like how long this was going to last or whatever. Right. It's like two weeks or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure. I'm like, you can, you can do it or or whatever or not, you know, whatever you want. And it was like two categories of people. One category was like, Oh, Colette, thank you so much for being open. We are so thankful. This is so ridiculous. Like, okay. And I'm like, Oh, you're welcome. No problem. Uh And then there's this other category of people that were like, Oh, Colette. Thank you so much for having online lessons. It is so scary. This is so dangerous. We mm. love that you're doing online. And I was like, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> I just kept like saying, telling people you're welcome. Like, uh-huh. but I'm just thinking like, what am I doing? Like, I'm just running my business, you know, but people were really grateful on both ends. And so that was a real, that was a blessing. And I know not all industries and, and not all people had that experience. So I was very blessed to have that experience of just an overwhelming amount of gratitude. For right? sure. Yeah. So then here comes Tuesday and, and the same thing. People are thanking me on both ends. But then by Tuesday afternoon, I get this text message from my husband and it was a screenshot of a Facebook post. And for me, I'm like, okay, if you're going to tell me that I have to shut down my business, you better do it in some like 
really nice, formal, mm -hmm. professional way, you know, because uh -huh. this is a big, like, this is affecting my whole world. Like, not just a social media world. post, right? Yeah. <laughs> not just, in, not just a post. Not, I don't want to get it heard about it from a screenshot from a social media post. Right? Uh -huh. So I scavenged the internet. Like I was looking, 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 looking all night on Tuesday night to try to find some official, like something besides a Facebook post, right? Announcement. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't find anything. And I was just, I was devastated. I was angry. And of course, at this time it was just, it was like the bars, anything that had to do with alcohol mm -hmm. and like the sexual um, related industries mm -hmm. and like athletic facilities. That was it. It was, yeah. we were just clumped in there with bars and, and <laughs> sex industry stuff. I'm like, oh, great. That, that's even more encouraging. So I was just like, of course, infuriated, but I'm like, you know what? That's okay. And because the Lord had already given me instruction on what to do, that weekend before I already had the infrastructure set up to shift online classes the next day. Wow. And so we did. Yeah. And we did that for April, May, two and a half months. Yeah. And then the government and, and I just, and people stayed like people kept, kept taking and we did everything online yeah. and I was just, I was amazed. I just thought everything was just going to crumble and fall apart, but it didn't. And God sustained us and yeah. we have, just an incredible group of members and they stuck with us during that hard time. And, and really they were, they were grateful. And we, we also tried to be like, okay, so just because we're in the middle of a global pandemic, it doesn't change who we are as an organization. Yeah. We are an organization that serves. We're an organization that goes out in the community and does stuff. So even though we can't do stuff in the way that we are used to, let's think creatively and figure out like, how can we do stuff that's different? Right. And so we did we did card drives. So we collected hundreds of cards, handmade cards from the kids Aww. that we took to nursing homes and hospitals. And we collected art supplies and donations for art supplies. Mm -hmm. And we took a bunch of like art supply uh, kits basically to oh, different yeah. places. Yeah. That's and neat. we did a little bit of online stuff as well. So yeah, God was really faithful. We made it through. And then here comes June and the government allowed us to reopen, of course, with a lot of specifications. And so we did that. Summer was hard. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> Summer Summer was really hard. Um, summer's always hard, though, I feel like, yeah. in, in the dance industry with, like, enrollment for classes. But we had a lot of summer camps. And honestly, like, most of the camps were full. Mm -hmm. And I felt really blessed by that. So we made it through. Yeah. And then here comes the fall. And it was, like, the floodgates busted open. Oh, and in the middle of the summer, my landlord approached me about having an expansion, which this I had been praying for already for a year and a half was when the Lord spoke the word expansion. So mm -hmm. I was already, like, thinking that was going to happen. And we, like we were like, let's do this. Let's go. I had been saving up, but then for whatever reason, it didn't work out. And in that timing, but then a year and a half later in the middle of a global pandemic is when it did work out. Uh -huh. And it was so, God was so clear. Like he couldn't have been more clear. Not only did he send the landlord who, so the actual owner of the building and he owns like a gas and oil uh, business as well as a really successful real estate business. Okay. I've never met the guy in three years that we've been there. Um, never had an email from him, a phone call, nothing, right. never met him. And in any way whatsoever, but he in the flesh walks into my building and he brings with him one of his managers and a contractor and just unannounced, he just walks in and he's like, young lady, we hear you want to have an expansion. <laughs> I was like, yes, oh, yes sir, I do. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, let's talk, talk about this. So we wow. did, and it, it took several months to get all the logistics worked out. But the very same week that that happened, Rachel, it was so crazy. The Lord sent two other, the two artistic partners that would fill the space of the expansion, like that would take over that space. Oh, yeah. So like the pro that would lead the programs that would be in that space. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of them is Mr. Nelvin and he is a karate instructor and a hip hop instructor. Ooh, fun so combo. He, he had, yes, <laughs> very fun combo. So he had been wanting to start his own karate business, but also had very much a heart for ministry. We've known each other for a couple of years. He had helped out with some hip hop camps that we had done. Yeah. So the Lord did something really special in his life with another landlord at the same exact moment that this, that this happened. And then and that just made it really clear for him and I, that this was God's will. And then my friend Carrie from Baylor, who's one of my just besties in the whole world, she was living in New York for the last seven years. And that very same week that the Lord brought the landlord, he also spoke to her and told her to move back home to Texas oh, wow. and work for beautiful people. <laughs> That's incredible. So, and she's an art, she's a visual artist. Okay. She has a master's in painting. And so she leads now the visual arts program and Nellan leads the karate program. And my sister actually, who had been the arts teacher before, she had actually just decided, I think it was like that June that she wouldn't 
be coming back in the fall because she got a full-time teaching job as well. Okay. And it just was, it was too much. So I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do, but praying for an art teacher. Right. So not only did God provide an art teacher, but he provided a young woman who's just incredible woman of God who could lead that program and really just take it to the next level. So so um, all those, all those things. Oh, and get this. So even, so that, that Saturday of that week, I went on to our handpicked website and I don't even remember what I was, I think I was looking up the prayer points from Christy's journey because mm-hmm. I wanted to share them. They're still up. They're still on one of the pages there. I wanted to share them with Carrie and Melvin since they were new. And I saw the dates of Christy's journey. It was three year, It was the three year anniversary of her departure to the week. Wow. That she had left three years ago for that 40 day prayer journey wow. on that same week that all of those things happened. So I was like, if that weren't enough, that was the kicker for me. Oh. <laughs> like, okay, God, let's do this expansion. <laughs> yes, we're going for it. That's so cool. It's so cool. Yes. Oh man, I feel like we need a part two at some point because we can just keep <laughs> growing. <laughs> yeah, I love this so much and just hearing there's just so much like rich goodness of the Lord and just everything that he's doing, continuing yeah. to do and has done. So yeah, so exciting. But as we kind of wrap up and we're like, short on time, but, um, do you have a word of like encouragement on your heart right now for other artists that you'd like to share? Yeah. Artists or not artists, just all of us, you know, as believers, we should never take our eyes off of Jesus and off of his word. And I think the more that we keep our eyes set on him and his heart and what he's doing and just keep meeting with him, keep meeting with him, keep meeting with him, keep seeking him, out in the treasure that is his word, that he's going to pour out what we need and to not underestimate the level of creativity that he provides. So faithfully, I always think to myself that I'm going to repeat certain things just because I'm like, it makes sense <laughs> to create a system and repeat things. Yeah. But then, but then the Lord always surprises me with something new and fresh mm. and I can't not do the new and fresh thing <laughs> because he's showing it to me. And so I'm like, okay, well, let's go with that, you know, and just kind of change it a little bit mm-hmm. or whatever. As artists, to never underestimate the level of creativity that when we're just seeking the Lord, that He's going to just pour into our into our souls, yeah. and to not be afraid to pursue new endeavors or to pursue something new and creative and or something we've never done before or like a different way of doing it out of fear that like we're going to somehow tap out mm. of creativity. Like His His river of living water just keeps flowing from us. And I think that includes creativity from him because, you know, the first thing we learn about God in scripture is that he created, that he's a creator. And since we're made in his image, we can assume that we are as well. And so forevermore, (laughs) we can, we can carry on, you know, with that journey. So good. And it was also to not underestimate as well, our level of influence that we have Mm. and the way that we can influence people so uniquely, so differently than just sharing information. Mm-hmm. Um, as an artist, whether it's through dance or through writing or through photography or through painting or whatever it is that we have such a unique means of impacting the world and means of communicating messages to people's straight to people's hearts. Yeah. Unlike anything else can. Oh, especially music. Musicians have oh, such yeah. a unique ability to do that because music just speaks obviously across every um, language and, and border of the soul. So yeah, yeah, just for us to keep our eyes on him and um, keep trusting him. And even when things don't look like what we expect to just trust, not to just, to just say like, Oh, I'm going to trust you God, but to really like keep in the word and really evaluate and like have, and, and also to keep those mentors. I want to add that mentors yeah. <laughs> to keep, you know, keep those mentors in your life and keep reaching out and asking for guidance and prayer mm-hmm. because the Lord, you know, the Lord can, a book actually I'm reading right now about this. The Lord may be disciplining us. And if he is, we need to know why he's disciplining us. Mm-hmm. We need to know if something needs to shift or change or be taken out of our life. Yeah. And then the Lord also may be pruning us. So he may be creating space for something fresh and new, but we can't, enter into that season until we allow him and stop like, you know, banging on the table, like a whiny baby that we're having something pruned out. You know, like if we just let him prune it and just trust him, if we've determined that it's not disciplined, that it is pruning, that he can bring forth that next season Mm -hmm. when that space is cleared out and just keep, yeah, keep our eyes set on him and his word. So good. So much truth. Yes. Love Mm -hmm. it. One of the questions that I love to ask everyone just for fun is what is one of your favorite things right now? 
can be anything, <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have so many favorite things. I really love, there's this magazine called Bella Grace. Have you ever heard of it? I haven't. No, I need to look it up. Yeah. I buy it at Barnes and Noble and it's like, I don't know what section it's in, but it's this beautiful magazine that has like these really thick, creamy pages Mm -hmm. and it's full. It's like a submission based magazine. So it's full of submissions from readers and people write, people write in articles and poems and different things. And so it has like cool quotes, writings from people and submissions of photography from people as well. Mm. So the editors like pair up pictures with stories that kind of like go together right? and publish this. I think it's like a quarterly magazine. Anyways, some of it is God-centered and, and some of it's just like people stuff. But for me, I just really love like I love how beautiful the pages are. And I love I feel like it's just one of the most beautiful publications I've ever seen. Yeah. And the fact that they put out a new one every few months. I really love that. Yes, that <laughs> so, sounds so I good. like to I like to cut out, you know, pictures and, and just little things that are in there. And actually, I have a little I won't like turn my camera and show you because I know this is just audio. <laughs> but if I if I could, I would turn it and show you. But I have all these little pictures, things cut out that are kind of what God's showing me for the next steps mm-hmm. um, in my life right now. And I just kind of keep that before me and remember his promises and remember his vision, what he's spoken. Little pictures from that magazine and made like sort of a vision board. Yeah. For, that's, for my life right now. That's so cool. I know. That and lattes. Yes. <laughs> And I was like, whatever you were drinking when we started this looked really good too. (laughs) Yes. The toffee latte and the coconut cream pie. Those are my favorites. That is beautiful. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Love it. Well, I would love to let people know, you know, how can they find out more about beautiful feet or handpicked or just what you're doing and where should I direct them to learn more? Yeah. Cool. To learn more about the studio, beautiful feet studio, you can go to (laughs) beautifulfeetstudio.com. Easy. (laughs) Yeah, super easy. And then for handpicked, so like the outreach portion of what we do, if you wanted to learn more and or make a donation to that organization, you can do that at sponsorastep.com. So S-P-O-N-S-O-R-A-Step.com. Perfect. And I'll link to those in the show notes so people can click on it as well. And this has been just so life-giving and so much fun. So thank thank you you for just sharing your afternoon with me and cannot wait for people to get to, to explore more and hear more about yeah, what you've got going on and kind of the future that God has for both of these amazing organizations. So yeah. Amen. Well, I as well have had such a refreshing and fun time and we'll have to uh, definitely schedule another another coffee date where you have coffee too. Yes, exactly. (laughs) In person. Um, I'll interview you in the next one. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be really fun. was so encouraged by Colette's story, and I hope that you were too. You can find all the links from today's episode in the full show notes on our website, creativeimpactpodcast.com. Are you enjoying the podcast? You can help support the show by joining our Patreon community. As a supporter of the podcast, you get access to extra content that's only available for patrons. New content comes out every month, including things like with behind the scenes and bonus clips from conversations with guests on the show. You can learn more at creativeimpactpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's creativeimpactpodcast.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Another great way you can support the podcast is by leaving a rating and review in iTunes. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Impact Podcast. The music for the show was produced by Michael Cash. Share the show with a friend, check out our Patreon community, and I'll see you next week.